Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Astra Carter, Heather Steele, and a very special guest, Margie Nomura, chef and host of Desert Island Dishes. Welcome, Margie. Thank you so much. So we always start our podcast talking about TV and what we've been up to. So Astra, I'm going to come to you first. You've been watching anything good? As always, I never watch anything good. <laughs> um, actually, I was a bit sick this weekend, so I used the opportunity to binge a show that you've probably all seen before, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, uh, yeah. It's on like Skybox sets, directed by Martin Scorsese. It's got Steve Bellucci in it, Kelly McDonald, who is in Trainspotting. Like, incredible cast, just so beautifully shot, amazing writing. I feel like with its credentials, there hasn't been enough fuss made yeah. about it. I think what was quite shocking, or what surprised a lot of people, is that it got canned after three series, even oh. though it was really oh, popular. No, don't so don't tell I think... me that. I feel like <laughs> that's going to be like my autumn like, like you're run. Yeah, I've I already watched like seven episodes. Like American Things, there's probably about 24 episodes per series anyway so I think there's still plenty for you to watch but I think everyone was quite shocked because it was like yeah oh, okay it's kind yeah. of I think it's one of gone. those things that you hear a lot about and you sort of think oh I'll get around to watching yeah. that but I haven't yeah. yet also I think yes, it's never do. made it onto like Netflix or anything yeah. Yeah. like mm-hmm. you have to have Sky or whatever that kind of is the benchmark that you yeah. Yeah. if yeah. you love like Peaky Blinders or anything like that definitely give it a go on a really like low brow note I've also been watching Celebrity Big Brother <laughs> have you? no you haven't I have and what? I'm totally obsessed what happened this weekend then because I saw loads of things on Twitter about something girl called Roxanne Pallet I think she was in Emmerdale yeah. and another guy I can't remember his name Ryan I think from Corrie basically he did a little kind of like play fighting jab like to do, do, do mm. it in the ribs kind of thing like literally the tiniest thing ever that you would just do to a, a friend and she blew it completely out of proportion and basically called him out as a he was beating her up. Oh my goodness. Um, but she has now left, hasn't but she? It, she has just made an absolute fool of herself. I don't know what she's going to do. Her career must be. But now they're saying that he's definitely going to win. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, right, it's okay. actually but, yeah. worked in his favour. Yeah, um, I think what I saw is that so nobody else who's in the house has seen the footage or knows what everyone's saying. They, oh. they haven't seen the footage, but because it was such a serious incident, and I guess because there's been so many, like, horrible things that happened through reality TV in the last few years. Big Brother have like spoken to them in a much more personal way and told them and explained the situation and I don't know what that girl's gonna do. Her career Mm. must be I don't know if she was trying to take advantage of like the Me Too movement or something, but it is quite nice to see that, you know, that you can't cry wolf and that actually he's got the public support and I'm not watching it but I do know this from the Daily Mail. (laughs) So many people have come out in support of him because it's not even a blurred line situation. Oh no, like there's like no question about it. Um so can I just ask why you're watching Subject Big Brother? Because you're quite a highbrow person. So (laughs) I'm really blown away by this. So I either the watch as you said quite highbrow stuff <laughs> or literally like the pit the pit <laughs> so I'm a Love Island fan a Big Brother fan oh. I've never gone Kardashian I've never gone that oh, well, you're missing out <laughs> <laughs> Kardashians mindless interview okay well that's very interesting <laughs> Heather what about you what have you been engaging with the only thing I'm watching at the moment is Bodyguard and oh. Bake Off how <laughs> yeah. good is Bodyguard Everyone that's what I was talking about it's so good but I didn't see last night okay yeah so. I'm my last night was so good it, nothing really happened for a long 
long time and I was really sleepy because I watched it at like 11 o'clock and my heart was just going really strange the whole it time totally. when nothing was happening because I knew it's something so was going to happen. And also the precedent of the first two episodes yeah. is that you know something dramatic is going to happen in every episode and they did, they really it's strung the you along in this one, didn't they? Well. Yeah, they kept being like, oh no, nothing. And I was just there the whole time, like this is awful. I was the same as you, drifting off a bit, looking at my phone and then suddenly you're like, oh shit, I've got to watch And at the end I was a bit like, I need to watch it again because I still can't quite work out what why and who and, who? and everything. Well, you can kind of see the storyline form. Yeah. Did you see it, Marjorie? No, no. I so, yeah, I'm trying not to reveal. My husband's been away for a month. Got to wait for him. And then he, no, worse <laughs> oh, than that. Oh, he was like, I'm coming back on Sunday evening. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> worse than <laughs> home. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Sit and down and watch these two episodes and we'll watch it the It with the bodyguard. <laughs> and I'm wife of the year because I went to the airport to pick oh, him up. Oh, wow. that's So I'm saving it for tonight. Okay, you've got so much good It's BBC. Because I feel like it's been on a lot. So it's a six-part drama and it's every Sunday night but they just did a second one on Bank Holiday Monday last week just okay. so really grip people yeah in. exactly so there's been three there's three to go yeah. you're now starting to see kind of where it's going aren't yes. you it's starting to kind of be like oh this is what's going to happen yeah. so this good. person's going to be pinned for this whatever yeah. so oh my god it's exciting good. it's We're, really exciting we wrote a piece about it didn't we on the side yes, yes. So we did yeah. That right here. Yeah. definitely really. but I think they did the double as in last week because Vanity Fair started last night at the same time oh, on ITV so good. I think they were probably trying to really grip people in so they won the battle last yeah. night and apparently on the Monday night they had 9 million viewers <gasps> yeah. for Bodyguard which is like that's quite it's unprecedented a, it's a lot. right yeah that's for like Monday a, night yeah it's like a percentage of the population <laughs> I don't know what percentage but like it's quite it, a significant chunk yeah. yeah it is Margie what about you well I heard on your podcast last week you said you hadn't read anything good yes. over the summer <gasps> do you have a recommendation for yes, me yes I read me. Sharp Objects by Gillian Ooh. Flynn and they made a TV show didn't yeah, they yeah and it's amazing so I like guzzled the book and then watched the TV series like all in one go so Amy Adams is in the TV series yes, right so it should be good yeah, amazing yeah, it's she so amazing. good do it's, they compare the book and the TV yeah it's so good it's sort of everything you imagine which doesn't happen that often mm-hmm. with TV and yeah. book but it's so good and so it's by Julian Flynn you said who wrote Gone Girl yes is it anything like Gone Girl yes sort of very suspenseful and it's basically about a really troubled reporter who has a very complicated family life and she's sent back to her hometown when there's a murder of a little girl and it's sort of everything that unravels and it's really dark it's really creepy and it's really good sold yeah (laughs) well summer may officially be over but if you haven't had a holiday yet it's possible you could soon be getting one on the NHS not quite but NHS social prescribing scheme is soon coming into play experts are calling for holidays to be mandatory what does everybody think about that? I actually know two people who've said to me this over this summer that they've been prescribed a holiday <gasps> by their really? doctor. Yeah, because there's nothing actually wrong with them. They're just kind of run down, exhausted. I think when you're not used to sort of taking time off and you're working really hard, it is really easy just to get into the rut of mm-hmm. thinking maybe there's something wrong with you, but actually you do just need a break. Is it the equivalent of being signed off? But no, kind of, no, 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 no. I don't think so, because I think that is like an actual medical mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah. Well, this is more of a recommendation, um, right? I think it's just kind of common sense. Like, yep. you've worked yourself too mm-hmm. hard. And as much as we get amazing holidays in this country, like compared to the US and yeah, stuff, definitely. I do think there's, especially in London, there's like a bit of a holiday guilt thing. Like, yeah. when you take annual leave, you're like, oh, should I be taking it? Or, or it not? feels like there's never a good time to yeah. do it because mm-hmm. everyone's always busy. You're always going to leave someone in the lurch a bit, regardless mm-hmm. of when you go away. Exactly. So, Maybe yeah. that's just a really British thing. Like, Americans are like, no, it's my holiday, I'm taking it. Well, I think <laughs> it comes down to the office culture. Culture, doesn't it? When we were chatting about this the other day, we said that we're lucky to work in an office 
software is the done thing to take your holiday. It's just kind of a mutual thing and it's acceptable to use those days. But if you work somewhere, maybe in a more professional industry where it's not so acceptable, that must be really difficult. Yeah, do you think that actually happens? Because I'm self-employed, so that's sort of all new to me. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. again, self-employed, that's another really interesting thing. Do you think that being self-employed makes you less likely to take a holiday? Yeah, and I think it's such common sense that when I first started working for myself, sort of nobody pointed that out, that when you take a holiday, you're not only taking time off, mm-hmm. but you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's sort of, so it is really hard to block that off and sort of force yourself. And also, I guess, because of the nature of what you do, when you do take a holiday, you're probably still working to yeah. some extent mm-hmm. through like, it. Yeah, how much are you actually switching off? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a good thing. The thing I found most interesting in this piece is that they said that it had to be a 7 to 11 day holiday for you to really feel the effects of this. I've complained a few times about <laughs> my, my small trips this summer, which have all been really fun, but I haven't had a week off since January yeah. or more than two days off work since January. And actually, even just popping abroad, you really still feel the effects of not having that length of time off. I think. I think as well, especially if it's shorter, because when you kind of put in two days worth of travel there yes. and back, you kind of don't actually end up with yeah. That yeah, I much think the, time away. The shorter trips are kind of they're still good for your head to mm-hmm. sort of get mm-hmm. removed from something, but physically, I don't think you feel refreshed totally. unless it's longer. Heather, you took nearly three weeks off <gasps> earlier in the summer. Yeah, two with, and a half weeks. Did that feel like great. the best mental break ever? It really was because I hadn't been on holiday for three years mm. up until that point because wow. I was saving for the trip and various other things. So yeah, it was definitely like a sort of a needed thing a big release yeah definitely I switched off a lot quicker than I thought I would as well I Mm -hmm. thought it'd maybe take three or four days to kind of relax into it but luckily we're so busy that I just kind of forgot all about things so that was really nice where did you go? I went around California with my friends which was really nice well this piece also said that 94% of frequent travellers said they had as much or more energy after coming back after a good trip and it also said that women were 50% more likely to have a heart attack if they didn't take time off work I know which seems dramatic stat. <laughs> One other really interesting thing is being near a body of water during a holiday is particularly beneficial for the health. So we should be heading to the seaside. Let's talk about staying friends with an ex. Breakups come with all kinds of challenges and the question of whether to stay friends with an ex is a common one. Where does everybody stand on this? Margie, I'll come to you. Oh, well, I'm always really impressed when people can compartmentalise relationships like that. I think I'm sort of more all or nothing and I find it easier just not to stay friends. But actually, I guess I got married earlier in the year and I suppose I actually married my ex. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like one of the like rubbish TV shows. Yeah, he was my first ever boyfriend and we met when we were 17 and went out for six years and then we broke up for six years and then we got back together and we just got married. So oh, I love that. I've got so a number nice. of friends where that's happened to them. I think just because they were totally in love and everything, but they just met when they were too young. Yeah. So, so but then young. when they did end up both of them kind of re-meeting, it was like the best thing ever. And had you stayed in contact in that time apart? Kind of. I actually was speaking to my husband about it last night and he kind of said that he was the one that was trying to stay friends because for me I just wanted to clean break yeah Yeah. but I guess I'm glad that he did (laughs) (laughs) and do you think it affects a new relationship if you do have an ex in your life Astrid I don't know I think it depends on the person me personally I'm not really friends with any of my exes but I know loads of people that are and it's absolutely fine really do you think it can ever work I'm friends with my most recent ex or I say we're friendly I think when Mm -hmm. we broke up we'd been together for four years we broke up about 
about three years ago now. But the problem, I suppose, was that we've just got so many mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And Brighton's quite a small place as well. So we didn't break up for any sort of, you know, bad reasons. Mm-hmm. It just happened. So, yeah, there wasn't any sort of anger there or anything. But I think as soon as we broke up, he kept being in touch and wanted to Mm -hmm. kind of be like, right, let's go out for a drink straight away. Whereas I was like you, I was like, absolutely not. And basically had to ignore him for about eight months to allow myself to kind of get over the situation. Mm -hmm. But now we never meet up, just the two of us. But it's good to know that if I was to go to a gig or go to a friend's house party or something and we knew that each other would be there, it'd be completely fine. And I just didn't want to make it awkward for any of our mutual friends mm-hmm. either so there's a really big difference yeah. between friends and friendly isn't there yeah and completely. being able to be civil is yeah lovely. I've got a new boyfriend and he's got a new girlfriend so they haven't all mm. met or anything but I think now I keep finding myself now that he's got a new girlfriend because it's somebody I know kind of giving them some real distance mm-hmm. so actually I feel like since that's happened I haven't really seen them that much Interesting. so that's added a new, a new weird dynamic yeah. to it if you went on a date with someone and they started talking about how their ex-girlfriend was one of their closest friends exactly. would you find it a bit weird I would not be okay with that I don't think I'd so like to think I'd be cool but I don't think I would yeah, be yeah, I, I don't think I would not be cool I don't, <laughs> I don't have any significant exes because I've been with my boyfriend for a really long time but I just can't imagine cutting somebody out of my life so even yeah. I think being friends with somebody would be really difficult but if you've had somebody again like you said if you don't break up for a really kind of dramatic awful reason I can't imagine then just going cold turkey on somebody who's been such a significant part of your life yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously I broke up with a really long term boyfriend last year and there was no like kind of big explosion or anything like that we just had kind of grown apart and I think that is like the hardest thing you're so used to having that person there with you so I guess that's kind of almost harder than the breakup yeah yeah I can imagine in this piece the psychologist we spoke to said that it's not your responsibility to nurse your ex through their heartache I think that's in a situation where you are the one that's broken up with them yeah do we think this is true I think that's quite a kind of cold-hearted attitude to a breakup Mm, I don't know though I've seen quite a few things with other people where they've you know broken up again for not evil reasons just because they've grown apart and then they're still kind of almost trying trapped in that relationship a year later Mm -hmm. because the other person's always phoning or texting or Mm -hmm. emailing or wanting to meet up and I think sometimes you've got to be cruel to be kind and I don't think the other person is necessarily going to get over the relationship Mm -hmm. in a timely manner if they're always in contact and kind Mm -hmm. of sort of trying to keep it alive a little bit so I do think sometimes you've got to be the one to be like no interesting let's have a, a proper break and then let's see how things go friendship wise later down the line yeah it's definitely not realistic to go straight from a relationship no. to being best friends Besties. No. Margie for you do yeah. you and your husband regret those six years apart or do you think you needed that time in order to come back together I think he would say that he regrets it mm-hmm. and I think he's a bit cross with me <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely think it was the best yes. it was the best I don't think we would be married if we'd have stayed together and it feels like the best of both worlds because mm-hmm. we've known each other such a long time but it's also a choice to get back together yes so, I think yeah. it's excellent. yeah okay how do we feel about social media in terms of your exes do we think going cold turkey on their Instagram account is right or do you want to kind of remain lurking in the background Astrid I haven't ever kind of actively deleted one followed an ex I think as long as you're not in like a really bad place and you're not like checking it on it all the time mm. like it's totally fine and actually it's kind of a nice way to see how people are doing and you know how they're getting on with their lives and stuff so 
I don't know, I don't have any issue with it. And you can interact with them without having to like make a phone call. You can just like, like a picture. I feel like that's less hardcore. Oh, so you would interact, you wouldn't just sort of well, look. look. <laughs> <laughs> well, for different reasons, I think I'd continue to follow or be friends with or whatever because I'd rather that than get a shock. You know, if you're following somebody, you get the kind of drips and drabs, which yes. is better than a kind of full on impact. Yeah, you find out they're like married with three children. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Margie, no? I don't know. I always just, <laughs> I get really scared that they're going to bring out something that shows people when they've looked at their profile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there was a scare when I was at university that you could do that on Facebook and everyone freaked out. Yes. So I think that sort of stayed with me and I sort of tried not to do that. stick, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heather, would you? I think, again, with my most recent ex that I was just talking about before, I'm not on social media at the moment, but I never used to really post very much, especially on Facebook anyway, and he wouldn't either. So it was kind of like, well, yeah, well, there's no point being like, right, you're deleted. Because yeah. we didn't really see that much anyway. But actually, when I was one of the reasons I went off social media among many others was that when he got this new girlfriend who mm-hmm. I knew it was suddenly coming up all the time yeah. and they were there hanging out with all my friends and I hadn't been invited mm-hmm. probably because of that being a new thing and that did make me feel really shit so that's another reason I was like actually I'm gonna just take a break it wasn't the only reason but it was certainly yeah. a reason why at the time I was like I can't be bothered you're with just this. better off not knowing exactly yeah. I just don't need to see any of that yes. like I don't want to see kind of like mushy no shit I just don't want to I think also how we all know that social media is just a snapshot and it's not real life it depends I guess what your mindset is and Mm -hmm. how you are but looking could be bad if you weren't in the best place and then you sort of see this rose tinted life Mm -hmm. so I think being aware that you know it's not reality I remember when Rosie recently wrote a piece about A to Z of dating terms and it was like all these newfangled words that like nobody has ever heard of (laughs) but they all describe things like really Mm -hmm. quite accurately don't they? And yeah. one of them was about, I can't remember what the word was, but it was about when you use social media to kind of show off the fact that you have a new relationship so your old boyfriend or girlfriend sees. And I definitely know people who do that, oh. where it's like, okay, we get it, you have a new boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, you've moved on. Yeah. Well done. And I think if you're still friends on social media, then it gives you an excuse to behave like that and you probably don't want to be that person, do you? No, no so. I'm like the complete opposite. Since I split up from that long-term relationship, now I'm in another relationship and I like haven't even posted one. No, you haven't. But no, it just like cringes me out of it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a unveiling or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and also, quite, yeah. but kind of in a way, on the flip side, the longer you leave it, the more it's like. I know. Like, this is I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, maybe like people think that he doesn't even exist. Maybe. But people are intrigued. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's so fun seeing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 People you don't even oh, know. Oh yeah. I well. love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like when you do like one day unleashed picture. It will be like maybe your I'll, best day on social media. You'll go viral. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to the Cotswolds this weekend. Maybe I'll unleash a picture. I'm excited. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. So a lot of relationship content on Shillux this week. We wrote another piece called What to Do When You Hate Your Friend's Boyfriend. Hate's quite a strong word, isn't it? Hate is a really (laughs) strong word. (laughs) What do you do when your bestie starts dating a guy who's no good for her? anyone ever experienced this? I think hate is a strong word, but definitely there are people where you kind of know maybe your friend could do better or someone better for them. And so that's kind of difficult to watch that play out sometimes, isn't it? Yes, I think that's true. But I think my biggest feeling about that, though, is that you never know what goes on behind closed doors. Mm. So I don't know if my friends look at my relationship and think, oh, she could do better, or vice versa. Maybe his friends think that he could do better or or better for him. But actually, if you're happy and you're in a good relationship, then that's kind of what's important. Yeah. It's more, I think the issues arise when you think your friends are in a relationship that isn't necessarily making them happy. Yes. I think you know your friends, don't you? Yes. So you can kind of see if they've changed a bit or they don't seem their usual selves. Definitely. And I'm lucky I, I don't have any friends who have kind of headed down long-term paths with guys who haven't been right for them. But I've definitely experienced friends dating guys where you're like, oh no, he's not nice. He's really not nice. Yeah. And that's, it's a really yeah. hard situation. I suppose everyone has to kind of go through those relationships where they're with people they probably shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And it means when you do find the right person, you kind of know mm. what you've gone through. And I, I guess there's the other things. example of maybe they are right for them, but they're just not your kind of person. And so you know you're going to have to hang out in a group situation. Mm-hmm. That's like another, yeah, that's <laughs> yes. another bad one. That it? is so, so true. So if you do find yourself in that situation, then what exactly can you, you do about you it? You should never, ever, ever say anything. You think so? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because they will pick the guy and you will lose a friend. Do you think if you were getting that advice, you would end your friendship? Or, like, how do you think you would receive that? Because I think that's quite a dramatic response to your friend telling you that, if it's coming from a good place. I've seen that happen so many times. I've heard that happen. I don't think I'd do that. I think I'd feel a bit resentful, maybe, towards my friends Mm. and be like, oh. But if I felt happy, I wouldn't want to lose either of them, but it would definitely create a very awkward situation. Mm. Astrid, you disagree? I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence because I have a really, really close friend who, it's not like I hate her boyfriend by any means. I just don't think they're necessarily right for each other and that she could do much better and we have had like discussions about it and she kind of knows that she's chosen to be with him so it's not like I can't hang out with him or anything like that like it's all very pleasant but it's just like a little niggle does it put an elephant in the room when you're together no I mean we're really close so Mm. we're like really open and honest with each other but I don't know sometimes just like oh come on you know Mm. like in your heart that you could be doing better but there's no answer I don't really have an experience of like genuinely disliking someone's significant other so I don't think as you said before it comes down to whether you like them or not I think it comes down to if you're going to say something if you're going to intervene there has to be a fundamental issue not just personal preference like on personality yeah I think that's the thing you have to kind of ride it out and hope that actually eventually they'll get as irritated with this person <laughs> yeah. as you do and it'll all be fine and they'll see what you and you see. won't be the bitch who's was like I told you and I think normally that does yeah. happen yes. but it's just the waiting and yes. my friends who that's happened with they have subsequently been like yeah he was a dick yeah. wasn't he but they yeah. just take the time even to my mum did that with my first boyfriend when we finally broke up after six years she was like oh thank god really <laughs> like there was nothing wrong with him per se but I think she was just like no like things no. do get difficult <laughs> don't they because if you break yeah. up with somebody and then every 
everybody says, oh yeah, actually, you know, we thought he was a bit of a dick. And then you get back And together, then they get back together. Yeah. Again, I've seen that happen yeah, with the mum as well, where the mum has been very vocal and then mm-hmm. she's like, I'm back with him and then that creates a bit of tension. Yeah. That happened to me when I was about eight. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I had a nanny who had a much older boyfriend and so she was sort of 25 and he was literally 65. <laughs> um, and when he first came, we all thought maybe he was her dad. <laughs> so then when they broke up, she was really, really sad and I was eight. So the only thing I of knew course. what to say was, well, don't worry. Like when we first met him, everyone thought he was your dad. <laughs> and, and literally a week later, they got back together <laughs> and then they got married. So I think I learned my lesson yes. quite early on. Valuable lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we talked about CVs and today we're going to talk about job interviews and more specifically, how to address your biggest weakness in a job interview. It's that age old question that we all know you should have an answer prepared for. But what actually is the right answer to that question? I think the best thing that you can do is think about the role, think about the different aspects of the role and then pick one. So maybe you say, like, I'm a chef. So I'd say, oh, if I'm like applying for a job on a boat or something, Mm -hmm. I'd say, well, I haven't technically worked on a boat before, but I've done X, Y and Z. And Mm -hmm. so I know that, you know, I'd be really confident doing it, but I don't necessarily have the exact experience. That's quite a good one, lack of experience, because that's not really something you can be blamed for. But at the same time, it's still a good answer. Something you just said is also pointed out in this piece. They said that it's really important to focus on the positive. So no, like I'm crap at that, you know, but really focusing on, well, I have this weakness, but this is how I'm prepared to work on it. Yeah. I think one way around it is if you just pick something that like, you know, you're actually quite good at and be like, like they said here, something about public speaking. Like, yeah, they said something here about public speaking. Like I could go into an interview and be like, I'm very shy. (laughs) I don't like being in front of the camera, but I've really worked on it. Like you can do that. You have to have a narrative, don't you? I think with that, you have to be like this and this, but I've done this and I'll do this. Yeah, it's an opportunity to show how you've overcome something, isn't it? Yeah, that's so true. Thankfully, I don't think Astrid asked me that question. I was being interviewed (laughs) for this job. I definitely had an answer prepared expecting it. Well, they do say in this piece that the reason that you should have a good answer is because it's quite an obvious interview question. So therefore, if you haven't got an answer prepared, then it shows you don't really prepare for interviews. Yeah. So see, whenever I interview people and at the end I ask if they have any questions, if they don't, I'm always a little bit taken aback. Yeah. Like, you should always have a always. few in the bag. Even ask. if it's like a logistical question. Yeah. Like, you know, something about like the workplace culture. It doesn't have yeah. to be like, office hours yeah. are simple. As long thing. as it's not, how many days holiday do I get? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> what time do I finish? Um, yeah. But something that just shows you're kind of, that you've engaged with the conversation rather than just like a. Mm. Yeah. And I yeah. think you can see so much more of someone's personality when they're asking you a question. Yes. And sometimes they ask you really challenging questions. Yeah. And that's a good thing. And it really like, throws oh, you and you're yeah. like, oh, what am I being Exactly. One tip is, um, not to go with a funny answer is that they won't want to hear that keeping up the Kardashians is your weakness I think Ben got the job once by saying something like that any other tips for nailing an interview more generally Astrid what impresses you when interviewing I think when someone's personality comes out and you really know that they've prepared mm-hmm. recently quite a few people have come to an interview with notes and they say I'm really sorry do you mind if I made some notes and I, I absolutely do not mind at least it shows that they've gone to the effort of notes what you mean about like ideas for ideas, shit ideas okay. stats and figures from previous roles not just like bullet points I was going to say say, like how to answer Um, interview questions but you know if you've got if you've done your research and you've got like facts and figures to back it up it's hard to remember all those like 
I think it's better yeah, to get it right exactly. rather than say something roughly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think you can tell in the first couple of minutes if someone's prepared for the interview or not. Yeah, so, so, so true. Margie, my my nice... arms have gone all <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, about this. Yeah, this is a nice bit of uh, freelance life that yeah. you don't have to do any of this. Well, yeah, apart from there is quite a lot of pitching, which I guess yes, is yeah. like mini interviews is, all the yeah. time. But I definitely, I trained as a lawyer, so I definitely did my okay. fair share uh, of interviews. Oh, you've had, you've had your yeah. fair share, exactly. <laughs> any tips then? I don't think I did particularly well in them. I probably answered a lot of, I'm a perfectionist, so. Yeah. <laughs> what about tips for pitching? I don't know whether this is right or not, but I think it's just really important to be passionate about what you're doing because I think that really comes through. So just to be enthusiastic and friendly and passionate. I just remembered a really horrible question that one of my friends got asked when she was doing her law pupillage. It was, if you were a character in a film or TV show, who would you be? That's yeah. so like on the spot. Like, what would you say? Oh Your mind goes blank yeah. and you don't remember any film. She couldn't remember anything. <laughs> and That's she was awful. like, um, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, oh, not no. even like a character. Yeah. Oh, my dad was once in an interview when he was like very, very young. He trained as an accountant. This was in like the 80s, I guess, when it yeah. was still like old school city guys running the show. So he walked into an office and this guy was staring out the window, like didn't turn around and he walked in he sat down and the guy turned around and said can I cut off your leg and my dad said no and I said why and I was like well it's mine he was like okay prove it's yours and that was the interview oh like that was God. how the interview went how stressful is that I know <laughs> that is actually bringing back some quite bad memories because <laughs> I went to Oxford and that's the same kind of thing the where every, be, right? yeah, yeah. And everyone fills you with horror about the Oxford interviews and so I was absolutely terrified like all of those yeah. kind of stories and I remember going to my interview and the corridor was pitch black. Like, not just the lights weren't on, like, it was really, really right. dark. And so I spent, like, five minutes deciding whether I should turn the lights on or not. And I thought it was part of... The test. Yeah, it was so yes. wound yeah. up in my head that I just, I panicked. And then I just sat there in the dark for what must have been, like, 20 minutes. And then when the tutor came out, she, like, couldn't see me. And then turned on the lights and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, my God, I, I literally don't know. You couldn't even read your notes yeah <laughs> yeah it was bad oh well, well obviously you got in anyway so it had a happy ending is your phone listening in on your conversations quite a dramatic question isn't it but we've all been there when the conversation you've been having in the whatsapp group suddenly pops up on your facebook adverts and it's incredibly creepy so apparently it's true they it's, are listening it's true 100 did you write this piece no but it just happens to me all the time we were having a girls group chat when the weather was really hot about gazpacho and we all got gazpacho <laughs> stop yeah no. i can show you on my phone it's so creepy and like when would you it. ever talk oh. about gazpacho like it was definitely targeted <laughs> advertising it's so scary isn't but it i don't understand how facebook are still saying they're not listening i know they're, I know. they're listening well the piece that we wrote about it said that seventeen thousand of the most popular android apps were tested and more than half had permissions enabled to access the phone's camera and microphone. So you know when you open an app and it asks yeah. for permission, I guess it just yeah. like steals your info from that. So, so your thoughts. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you hear that story about Siri recording like a big clip of someone's private conversation and then sent it to their whole address? No. Oh my God, <gasps> no. Yeah, there'd been like a few cases of that Well, just happening. by accident because it just sort of activated. Oh, sorry, not Siri, Alexa. They're both anxious. Has anyone got an Alexa? No, I know. No, so I'm one. so scared. It, to me, it's the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Even if it becomes the dumb thing that everyone has, I'm not. No. Yeah. So, so, so scary. Well, so. apparently, the next few years, voice activated search is going to be kind of like the thing that everyone's using. So, how do you feel about it? Yes. One of the big things of the bodyguard is the Snoopers Charter and, you know, access to private information. When it comes to terrorism and the government, I personally have no qualms about anybody listening in. I'm like, take it, listen, by yeah. all means 
read my group chat about yeah. people's wedding dresses. It's not <laughs> yeah. interesting. You won't find it very much. You know, that's fine by me. This, this is for advertising. I'm far less comfortable yeah. with that. Yeah. Where does everybody else stand? Yeah, pretty much the same. Like, I don't think I do anything bad that, you know, is going to come back and haunt me. But even the other weekend, I was in the Isle of Skye and I was on the phone to my boyfriend and we, he was like, oh, have you been to this restaurant? I've heard it's really good. And just a voice conversation. And then a day later, both of us were getting these adverts for that restaurant that I hadn't Googled. He hadn't Googled. I don't like like it at all. He hadn't even looked at anything online to do with it. It's so creepy. I think my biggest concern is kind of where this goes to next. So I don't really mind in theory if I'm talking about gazpacho and then I get an advert for gazpacho pop up. Yeah. That doesn't really affect my life. It's more about where does this go? How much more advanced does it get? And what's next? Because... God, this sounds so doomsday, but there's nothing to stop people kind of really infiltrating your thoughts with this kind of thing in the future. Yeah, that's true. But what can you do? I know there are things you can do on your phone, I think, where you can turn your microphone off mm-hmm. for certain apps. But but then also some apps where you enable it, it's because you want to be able to speak into it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you can't really... Right. They're sort of using that permission mm-hmm. in a way that you didn't think it was. Like, yeah. obviously, you obviously need print. to give WhatsApp because if you want to send voice notes, yeah. yeah, I do. But if you want to send voice notes, then you need to have the microphone enabled yeah exactly as you say i just don't understand like facebook i mean they're probably listening i don't understand how they can just say that they're not doing it when we all know that they are well based on this piece facebook don't even seem to be the worst culprits an app called gopuff which delivers junk food to people with munchies (laughs) was found to be sending screenshots and videos of what people were doing in the app to third parties so obviously the whole push for kind of better gdpr is hopefully going to be coming mm-hmm. down on that but it just shows that you have no idea you know screenshots that's scary yeah that's really scary and also like every time i google something and it asks like google would like to know your location mm, no yeah. Yeah. unless i'm googling like a restaurant around the corner yeah like, or if I'm using Goog- maps yeah, yeah exactly if i'm googling like where to buy pink dresses or something mm. they don't need to know where i am yeah, for that no. so i agree just use your phone with a bit of caution let's talk a bit about fashion now 16 dad trainers to buy for autumn. The trend isn't going anywhere. We've all seen these incredibly bulky new sneakers everywhere. Where do we stand on them, Astrid? At first I was like, absolutely not. They look so ridiculous. And I think personally, for my style, I wouldn't wear them. I'm not really like into that kind of sporty Mm -hmm. vibe. But they do actually look quite cool on other people. They do look quite cool. I think certain people can definitely get away with it. Do you see Kanye's slippers on his yeah, yeah. Like, what there? They were like 10 sizes too small. Yeah. Oh, really and then, and then he wore the really big ones. That's yeah. what I saw. Yeah. The massive ones. That's what made me think so about the trainers. What, so so I haven't seen it. But he was wearing like socks and sliders. And yeah, they were just like hanging off. And then obviously he wore a pair that was... They basically look like he was wearing sponges. They were yeah. ginormous. <laughs> but so he's so another weird. advocate of massive trainers. So. Yeah, Maybe well, that's what we'll be wearing next. Well, the trend has come from people like Virgil Abloh, who's a really mm-hmm. good friend of his, who's the off-white and uh, Louis Vuitton menswear designer, and Balenciaga. Like, it's coming from, you know, high places. Yeah. I actually think they can be pretty flattering. If you want to make your legs look skinnier, there's nothing yeah. better than a big, <laughs> yeah. fat, chunky <laughs> foot to, to make you look better. Margie, does it look you'd ever wear? I'm just definitely not cool enough to pull it <laughs> off, but they look comfy. Do you wear trainers? I wear, like, plimsoll trainers okay. all the time. You're but, super today. Yeah, yeah, but no. There's a big difference between that look and yeah. these. Heather? I don't really wear trainers. No, you don't. But I want to. I want to find my pair, but at the moment, <laughs> no. But I don't know. This might be a big step for me. Yeah, it's yeah. Both ways. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you don't, then it's probably not your gateway. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about them, like the ones with all the bits of plastic around yeah, them as well. Bizarre. Yeah, I just... I don't they know. look kind of like cartoonish. Yeah, yeah or like do. kids' shoes. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I think on other people, I'm like, that looks great, but on yeah. me, 
I think I'd just trip over them. We're kind of like one step away from like adults wearing those like light up trainers. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. The, or the ones the with wheels. Yeah, yeah. They, are, they are sick. They go so quickly. <laughs> I'd fall over. But honestly, when you see kids on them in airports, I'm like, whoa! Are you that? You could bypass the, the crowds. Maybe yeah. I will. Well, I actually think they're really cool. If that's your look, I don't think if you don't do that athleisure thing generally. Then it's a great look. Yeah, the full look has to be like completely on point. Yes. If you've got like one thing out of place, you just look like you're wearing your dad's trainers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a few people, particularly this weekend, now that cycling shorts are everywhere now as well. And so everybody's wearing them and it's like, oh no, it's not the same as looking at like people on Instagram. Yeah. Wait, in so real life. People in real life just like with nothing on the top. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no. Like they wear a t shirt. Yeah, but, but yeah. Like, nothing on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just cycling shorts with these trainers. It's the look now. I go to the think... gym. No, no. <laughs> like, it's it's like, like, I think yeah. if people have got the body to pull it off I think it looks awesome like I think if I did I would be wearing well them. I actually think like the Kardashians for example I assume you're thinking of somebody super stick thin but somebody yeah, like but the Kardashians with a curvy look amazing yeah. Yeah. Like the curves I think yeah I think yeah. I quite like it weirdly I, I actually, would never wear it but, but I, I do think, think it, it comes good. down to confidence like I've seen people wearing it tentatively and that's when it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah exactly they're like oh, I'm not sure like no 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 you have to just oh my god it. you have to yeah I do think with a lot of these trends though like cycling shorts and dad trainers they look really good like on Instagram like stationary yes. yes but as soon as you start like walking around and leading a normal life they <laughs> just look totally weird it's so to the shop yeah we all know that you can get like a good angle on Instagram yeah. and like this is not the same I mean a cycling short yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. would you wear a cycling short with a dad trainer absolutely not but I've seen a lot of people do it it's just not a very feminine look is it no, I, I like wearing them under dresses do you like, especially like wrap dresses where oh I see just to just, avoid like, flash some... everyone yes. oh interesting um, I would wear a slip in those instances okay. Yeah, way more glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Very functional. Well, speaking of trends, I wrote a piece called Why I Still Love Skinny Jeans. They might have been forced into fashion purgatory, but I think for me, they're still my most comfortable and practical option. Ashley, you still like a skinny jean as well, don't you? Yeah, I still like a black skinny jean. I think that will always be a fail-safe in my wardrobe, but... I've definitely gone really off, you know, like the ripped skinny jeans yes. that were everywhere distressed. for a few years. Yeah. I think anything distressed, like distressed boyfriends just aren't really cool yeah. anymore either, are they? It's funny because they were kind of like the main thing everyone was wearing, yes. just even just like a little rip at the knee. Yeah, they were wearing them for like years and now they're completely... I feel like fashion's gone in two complete polar directions. So you're either doing the like dad trainer cycling short thing or you want to look polished and grown up and pulled together and you're wearing tailoring and no rips. It's quite hard to marry the two, mm. I think. Yeah, you, you have, have to pick to. a team. Yeah. <laughs> you really do have to pick a team. How do you guys feel about skinny jeans? Heather, I don't think I've ever seen you in jeans. I love them, but I just don't feel confident wearing them at the moment, so I'm just kind of not. Do you but, like a dress? Yeah, I think it just, I just like to swathe myself in fabric. <laughs> but I have got like one pair of black skinny jeans that I love, but I just feel like I probably don't fit in them at the moment. But it's like my goal at the moment is to fit back in them, because when I do fit in them, I just wear that and tucked in t-shirts constantly. Yeah, everybody's got that pair that you're like, that's my exactly. skinny pair. But yeah. I do, I always look at skinny jeans like, Levi's ones and those kind of wedgy ones that were around a few years yeah. ago and I'm like yeah I really like them I just so. think if you've got a big bum they make your bum look so big I haven't the tried them yeah, on just or just any jeans that aren't skinny, skinny people wearing them like wow but you're <laughs> probably good. be like whoa <laughs> oh no stop it Margie do you wear jeans or are you yeah, wearing dresses I love black skinny jeans um, I think jeans are one of those things where it's kind of hard to follow the fashion like people suit certain yes, types of jeans mm-hmm. and so it just I feel like I'm at an age where I know what suits me and I kind of stick to that. 
I also really think it's about how you wear it. So in my book, they're now just a classic. They're mm-hmm. in that kind of staples yeah. category. And yeah, obviously they're going to look frumpy if you wear them with just like, I don't know, a tight Breton or something. But if, you, <laughs> if you're styling them properly, yeah. then, then they can still look pretty fresh, I think. So from fashion to food, Margie, we can't let you go without discussing desert island dishes. Where did the idea come from for the podcast? I think, to be honest, it's a game I've been playing my whole life. And so for the sake of my friends and family, I had to turn it into a podcast to stop asking asking them all the questions. (laughs) So Um, tell everybody who hasn't listened, and you should listen if you haven't, what exactly the premise is. So every week I get a different guest on and we talk about their seven desert island dishes. So they range from finding out about the dish that most reminds them of their childhood, the best dish they've ever eaten, and then we end with the last dish they would choose to eat before they're sent to the desert island. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's really interesting because it's obviously food-based, but actually through asking the questions, you find out things you wouldn't get from a normal interview. And of course it's about the food, so hopefully people get inspired and you know have new recipes that they can try out. But also you get really intimate stories. So you sort of find out about the meal someone ate when they proposed to their wife mm. or you know this amazing holiday that they had and you find out what they're eating. And so I think it's really interesting. <laughs> and you've had some amazing guests. I was listening to Kemi Hooper yeah. this morning, who's obviously mother of daughters. You've had Dolly Alderton. You were talking before to us about the hairy bikers. Yeah. Does anyone stand out? Oh, you had Georgie as well. Can't forget yeah, that. Of course. <laughs> Our very um, own Georgie. Anybody who really stands out was an amazing... Ruth interview. Rogers of oh, the I River love, Cafe. I love that woman. Yeah, I she is amazing. And um, Anna Jones, mm-hmm. who's yeah. obviously doing incredibly well. And um, both the Hemsley sisters separately, mm-hmm. now that they're doing different things. Simon Rimmer was oh, really cool. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting sort of finding out how people got to where they are because... In something like food, there is no direct route and anyone successful has had bumps in the road and I think I find it so interesting finding out how people got to where they are and how they even knew that what they were doing is a thing. (laughs) Uh, So it's not always chefs though, is it? No. So I guess it can be anyone, but because I'm in the world of food, it has sort of tended to be people in the world of food. But no, I'm kind of interested to speak to people who aren't interested Mm. in food because we all eat three times a day. So, so, true. so what's everyone eating and, and why are you not interested in food? I think that's so interesting. And people's food habits, like we're always fascinated by people's yeah. food yeah. habits Yeah, as so well. one of the questions is the dish you eat the most often. And yes. I think that's actually the most revealing because yeah. you could be a Michelin-starred chef whipping up amazing things, but actually day to day... You eat toast. What, yeah, <laughs> what, are you, what are you turning to? So I'm sure this, people ask you all the time and turn your own questions on yourself all the time, but I thought... <laughs> Obviously, we couldn't have you here without asking you some of those questions. So what is the dish that you eat the most often? You're a chef as well, right? Yeah, I am a chef. I think my style of cooking when I'm not cooking for jobs is I want something quick. I want something easy. I'm a big fan of the fridge forage. So (laughs) I love like playing my own version of Ready, Steady, Cook and just (laughs) seeing what I've got in the fridge and turning that into something Mm -hmm. delicious. I don't want to be wasting loads of time I want it quick and one pan cooking is also Mm -hmm. I'm really into that I hate washing up Mm -hmm. and it it just ties into the whole ease so I think I tend to eat a lot of eggs Mm -hmm. so I think frittatas are amazing for using up whatever you've got lying in the fridge and you can turn it into something Mm -hmm. delicious Heather you're a resident foodie as well what is the dish you eat the most often I'd say similarly to you I've got lots of sort of Asian ingredients knocking around so yeah something that's using all of those and kind of random yeah. vegetables yeah. and some noodles and lots of different sauces and spices. Yeah, I'm just saying that is the easiest way to make. And it, again, it's quick, one big wok 
generally. Yeah, so good. No washing up. Yeah, I reckon. I feel like Asian food is the easiest way to like have flavour quite yeah. quickly. Yeah, and it can be really healthy as well, but also it can be really unhealthy. So it's true. Of course, it can. Imagine one of my favourite of your questions yeah. is the best dish you've ever eaten. You've got to have an answer to that, surely. Surely, you're really putting me on the spot. <laughs> my, my answers are all top secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they're not top secret at all. I just think I'm lucky that I ask the questions because I don't know what any of my own answers would be and they change all the time. Oh, so, so and, that must be the difficult thing. You're probably thinking about it constantly, so it's hard yeah. to pinpoint one thing. But I definitely think the way to go with that question is it's about the occasion. So it's okay. never the best dish you've ever eaten in like a super fancy Michelin star restaurant. Okay. It's beans on toast that your dad made you when you were feeling really ill or mm-hmm. something. Yes. But, you know, you'll have to tune in to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that note, I think we'll leave it there. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us, Margie. It's been lovely having you. If you enjoyed that, please do rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.